we've been growing crowd health now and really focused on the Bitcoiners who are already opting out of the financial system. You don't need a bank anymore. Similarly for healthcare, you don't need health insurance anymore. So we're really tying together this market, $4 trillion market with so many inefficiencies in middlemen, bringing Bitcoin to it in, in a new way. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, John, where'd you hear me on, on, on Marty or, or somewhere else? Yeah, I think with Marty and Jimmy, you know, in April sure. and May, just when we're kind of diving into the, into the Bitcoin space. Yeah. So very, very organic. Yeah, a little, little background on me, second foray into healthcare. Never thought I would do it again after the first one. The first company I, I sold or I, I, I bought in 2007, sold it in 2014, grew that company from a couple dozen employees to somewhere between three and 400 when I left. It's just an incredible experience. But we were doing remote patient monitoring. So we were monitoring folks with chronic conditions out of their home, blood pressure, blood sugars, things like that. So if those go go awry, we could get involved with them to help them stay out of the hospital. So sold that company and and thought I would I would do a lot more, you know, fishing and and and, and playing golf and the things that I love. But at the time my my little one who was one at the time was having recurring ear infections. And so we went to the ear, nose, throat doctor. And she, they, they said she had a hole in her ear, a hole in her eardrum. So we went over to the hospital, got that fixed. It was a 15 minute procedure and I got the bill and it was, it was $8,000. And so I was just blown away by the fact that we, you know, can charge $8,000 for a 15 minute procedure. But then on top of that, I had my health insurance company. I had gotten it through healthcare.gov. It was about 1200 bucks a month for me, my wife, and my two girls. My, my health insurance company, soon after this procedure, sent me a note that said it was medically unnecessary. And so they weren't going to pay. So I was left with an $8,000 bill that I had to pay the local hospital. So I did that. And my next call after getting my hospital paid was calling my health insurance and said, I'm, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. You know? If you're not going to pay my bills, I'm not paying your bills. And so my family and I have been uninsured for, I think, a little over two and a half. And so we we built some tools to allow people to operate outside of, of health insurance viably. Um, and that kind of all culminated in founding Crowd Health. We raised a $6 million seed round last year and in April. And so we've been at this for about a, a year and a half. And we now have, you know, thousands of, of people who have joined us who, you know, as John said, it was just, they're tired of, of the, the shenanigans that, that health insurance plans, um, you know, put on, on individuals, you know, just a couple of quick stats is we have 250,000 people, 250,000 families every year that go bankrupt, even though they have health insurance. And so, you know, the whole point of having insurance is that if something big happens, that it wouldn't put you in financial distress. And so we have 250,000 families going bankrupt, even though they have health insurance due to a medical event. And so as I'm doing more and more research, I'm figuring out like the health insurance just doesn't work. It just doesn't work for, you know, American families. And, you know, we have 50% of the population with medical debt. We have 250,000 people going bankrupt. It's just not working. And so we embarked upon a, a mission to, to do something different and, you know, all the while utilizing Bitcoin. So 
you know, that's the, the quick founder story and I can go into to more detail on some of that stuff, but that's the quick intro of, of, of who we are and a little bit about what we do. Yeah, Andy and John, thanks so much for that. I think maybe let's do your orange pill stories first. And then if we get into, you know, where crowd health comes in and then we can kind of, I think we'll talk for 30 to 40 minutes and then we'll open up for questions for like the last 15 and 20 minutes, if that's all right with you guys. So John, if you want to start about you, how you got into Bitcoin, what made you go down the the rabbit hole and then we'll flip it over to Andy. Yeah, no, I mean, I heard about Bitcoin for the first time in college in 13, 14, 15, I was actually studying economics in Northwestern, but, you know, only really heard about it more from the Silk Road angle and they weren't teaching about Bitcoin, you know, it's very Keynesian economics there. So kind of took a few more years for me to really want to dive in and have an open mind and got married in 2020. And I think with COVID for a lot of people, it was, you know, a time to wake up and question the way that we're living and just started listening to podcasts in the space, reading books, you know, went down and read the Bitcoin standard and from there layered money and price of tomorrow and sovereign individual. So really reading dozens of books and Bitcoin and understanding how it works and inventing Bitcoin, mastering Bitcoin more from the technical side too, even though you know, I don't have a, a coding background, but to really get into the nitty gritty of how it works. So I was finding that even though I was working a medical supplies job where we were actually sourcing a lot of products from China and having international exchange, seeing the inefficiencies there too, knowing that Bitcoin can fix so many of the challenges we're seeing. So I went to El Salvador last year, more on my own accord for adopting Bitcoin. And we'll be there again, Andy, myself this year, it, coming up in November and got to meet so many amazing people and see El Zonte and Spence Sats network. It's just so exciting and really found that it's, I love to travel, love to meet the people and Bitcoin's a great way to really build community and you know, feel this connectedness and that I think has been lacking. So went to travel around that Bitcoin Akasi in December. I left Medline last year in December and was really brainstorming and actually thinking, here's how, how are all the ways that Bitcoin can disrupt healthcare? This is where I've been working. Can we pay doctors directly using Lightning Network? Should we have some insurance model paying in sats or not? Got a yoga teacher training, ran a marathon, and was really exploring and thinking for myself, what do I want to do? How do I want to spend my days? And it's really working on Bitcoin adoption and helping people live healthier, better lives. So when I found Andy and really the crowdfunding model, I just thought it was the most brilliant way that we can operate now outside of all the regulation and insurance system that I've seen from the inside, all the perverse incentives and provide people an alternative, prepare them for health to really decentralize healthcare, take control of your own health and responsibility. So I think my Bitcoin journey absolutely led me here and continue to learn and interact now since my wife and I moved to Austin. So I just love traveling and meeting up with other Bitcoiners and finding know, those commonalities and fix the money, fix the world. And, but ultimately to enjoy that world, we, we need to be confident and, and living the, our, our best life. So that's really my orange bull journey. So just listening, learning in the space, soaking up as much information. It's all out there. You just to ask it for yourself and think critically about the, what world you want to see. Yeah. And for me, I, I first came across Bitcoin in, in 2013. I, I told my buddy at the time I was going to take $10,000 and invest it in Bitcoin. I think it was Bitcoin was at 200 bucks or maybe even lower than that. I think at the end of 2013, it popped up to 
I don't know, it was a thousand or something like that. And I I just remembered I hadn't made the investment. I was like, I missed it. I missed the big upside. Right. And here we are, you know, at at 20,000 or whatever we're at today. And so I I have been kicking myself, you know, ever since, but, you know, I, I started started crowd health and I was actually sitting, having lunch with Jimmy Song, whom I'm assuming most of the people in this, this spaces know, I, I was telling him about, you know, some of the challenges that we have in, in healthcare. And, and one of the challenges being, especially given all kind of the inflation, um, you know, health insurance companies hold, hold their capital in a, a, a bank account, right? A big pot of fiat. And it's, you know, as Saylor says, is, is a melting ice cube. And so you, you have this systemic healthcare inflation, you know, that that's kind of as a result of, of government regulation and, and a whole other set of perverse incentives. And then add on top of that, you have an inflationary impact. And, and Jimmy, you know, as he was, you know, walking through my business model of crowd health said, he's like, man, why don't you, instead of having people pay in fiat, why don't you have people pay in, in Bitcoin. So you actually have an appreciating asset as kind of the, the, the core of the, of the savings here, as opposed to having a, a depreciating, depreciating asset. And so I was like, hold on a second. What, you know, what are you talking about? And over a number of meetings with, with Jimmy actually got to meet safe at Jimmy's house over barbecue for most of you, for those of you who don't know, Jimmy just eats meat. So it's only barbecue at his house. Um, so, you know, I, I, I got orange pilled and, and now I'm, you know, well into my, my Bitcoin journey. And I think 20 to 30% of my assets are in Bitcoin. So I'm, I'm all in and, you know, thanks to, to, to Jimmy. Yeah. Now Jimmy's helped orange pill a lot of people. I think this actually ties in really well to John. You obviously gave a presentation at Halloween the other weekend talking about, there's a chart and it's a pretty famous one. It shows when government gets involved with things. The cost of the things they get involved with goes exponential, where things that they let the free market dictate normally do better or depreciate or get cheaper for more value. I don't know if you want to expand on that. I know I think healthcare is the number one thing that's gotten the most expensive outside of maybe college tuition. Whereas like when you think of the free market economics taking over, TVs have only gotten better and cheaper over time. I don't know if you want to expand or tie that in at all. No, absolutely. I I, uh, I I think I retweeted it back on October 1st. And, and basically what this is, it's a graph since, I think it was since 2000 to 2020, it's looking at inflation of different services. Number one, hospital services looks to be about a 250% inflation where overall inflation, it looked like it was about 70% or 60%. So almost quadruple the inflation hospital services. Second one was college tuition, as you mentioned. Um, third one was medical care services. So, you know, the, the bottom, by the way, was, you know, all this other technology, computer software, cell phones, TVs, were all the most def- the highest deflationary you know, and so, you, you know, my, my, I also tweeted something a, a while back that shows the inflation of healthcare expenses since 1970s. And in, in 1970s, you know, we had the HMO Act, which basically legislated the current insurance system that we are in. And the, uh, the percentage of GDP back then was about 8%. So we spent about 8% of GDP on, on healthcare. We're now at 20% of GDP on healthcare, and it had been flat for about 50 years prior to 
the mid 1970s. And by the way, the rest of the world still is somewhere between eight and 11% of GDP. So it's gone up a little bit too, but we have more than, than doubled the rate of our healthcare inflation since the 1970s than, than the rest of the world. So there is clearly something going on here and it is clearly as a, res- a result of, of you know, government intervention into our, our healthcare system. Many out there look at this and say, oh, well, government should be more involved in our healthcare system. And my, my last spaces I was on was with, you know, with the Swan folks. We had some guy from Canada telling us that we should all look, you know, like Canadian healthcare because it's so much better than an American healthcare. When in reality, that just isn't the case. I mean, if you want to, you know, tear your ACL and have to wait six months to see an orthopedic surgeon to get your ACL repaired, then go for it, go to, go to, you know, but the United States, if you have cancer, if you have any of these large chronic conditions, the United States is where you want to be. Now, if we could just take government out of, you know, our health, then we'd be way better off. We'd have prices that are probably half of what we're paying today. And that's what we're trying to do at, 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 at crowd health is, is take government out of, you know, the, the, the doctor patient relationship. Yeah, no, I think that's really great stuff. I think also, I mean, it, like I said, John, there was a great presentation at Halloween. I really appreciate it. But there was a, a very easy equation where it was value equals quality divided by cost. Mm. So the quality of our healthcare has gone down and the cost has only gone up. So the value when in that simple equation of value equals quality divided by cost. He's just getting exponentially. I don't know if you or Andy want to expand on that at all. And yeah, I just thought it was like really profound. It's something that I hadn't thought about or seen before. Yeah, I, re- I appreciate that, Chris. And I think that's, you, know, you hear a lot about value-based care, uh, healthcare, but ultimately all of those healthcare exchanges and all the insurance model that we have is built on CIA, right? And when pricing isn't clear for individuals, the free market is able to do its job and you have incentive structure that leads to market failure built on top of fiat, where insurance companies are only allowed to make 15% profit. It's the medical loss ratio for every hundred dollars in premiums that they collect, they need to spend 85 on medical care. So while they're supposed to be your agent negotiating against providers to get better pricing, better cost, they're actually incentivized. The only way for their bottom line to grow is for top line to grow. And that's why we've seen prices and grow. <laughs> 250% in the last couple of decades and also employers bearing a lot of that burden, right? Employers are paying a trillion dollars a year for healthcare. Well, their prices are 250% of Medicare and Medicaid prices for the exact same procedure and the exact same hospital. So you don't have really accurate pricing for an individual and insurance model being a legacy of World War II wage freezes of being a benefit. So it's just not really built for you know, our gig economy and people moving around the country and changing jobs to have your health insurance tied to your employer and ultimately lacking that freedom. So I think when you store value for value, which is something we hear we talk about so much at Bitcoin and what the Lightning Network enables value transfer, you know, their healthcare is right for that value discussion where, yes, it's 1971, you see the quality of food going down and you see the quality of of healthcare going down. And it's not to fault the providers that have great doctors, nurses, and others in this country, but the incentives and the way they're, the system is set up isn't for them to operate at the top of their license, providing the care they want, where insurance is telling them what they can and can't do. So that's just to touch on some of the areas that you know, we see as just massive challenges 
and trying to fix that build a parent system. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I might push back on the question a little bit in, in, in kind of the idea here that the quality has gone down. And I think that you can take a look at quality in, in, in two different ways. One is, are the outcomes better or worse than they were, you know, three or four decades ago? And, and it's hard to, to argue that the, the outcomes are worse. We have better technology. Our doctors are the best in the world. Like I said earlier, if, if, you, if you have a, a major condition, you want to be in the United States. You don't want to be anywhere else but the United States to be treated. I mean, there's hospitals in New York that have full levels decked out that looks like that look like Four Seasons hotels for folks coming in, you know, you know, primarily the Middle East to get their health care. So if you want your health care done, you want it done in, in the United States. But I think the other way of kind of thinking about quality here is. Like, what is the user experience, right? What is the user experience right now of, of healthcare? And that's where I think we really get things screwed up in our system because our system is based on a business-to-business relationship. It's based on a relationship between primarily hospital systems and health plans. And the, the quote-unquote consumer or the patient is, is not a major stakeholder in that system. And so, you know, if you have an experience that's built by health insurance plans and hospital systems, you're going to have a pretty crappy experience. And because it's a B2B experience, you know, and, and again, what we're trying to do at Crowd Health is we're, we're trying to make finally a healthcare experience that's, you know, direct to consumer. Like that is just super easy for a consumer to, to use and to pay for. And, and that's really where I, I think we can do something disruptive in the healthcare system. To have a healthcare system that people actually like enjoy using as opposed to, to absolutely hating. I mean, I kind of make a joke. I, I live in Texas. Um, you know, the two pieces of mail that I hate to get is one, my property taxes because they're crazy here in, in Texas. But two is any kind of healthcare bill because I have no idea what it is. I have no idea, you know, what these codes are. And I'm in healthcare. You know, I, I had a, a buddy of mine who I went to school with and he was at the top of our class at Stanford. And he said, the only thing that makes me feel like an absolute idiot is when I get a statement of benefits from my, you know, my insurance provider. Like it, is, it was clearly not created by an entity that cares about what the end consumer cares about, which is ease of use ease of understanding, user interface, user experience, things like that just is, is non-existent within healthcare. And we're trying to change that. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, those are great points, John and Andy. Q, you got anything else that you want to add or do you want? Well, I'd love to just maybe like ask this question, Andy, John, to the two of you, Dr. Jeff, I throw this question out to you as well. If you want to come up on the stage. But like, isn't there something just fundamentally wrong with insurance in general, given the fact that all of us eventually, our bodies are going to break down at a certain point and we are going to require some sort of medical attention. And that may vary person to person, but everyone's going to need that versus insurance in any other facet of life, whether it's car, business, home, they run off of that 80-20 model of, well, 80% of the users just pay this fee, monthly fee, annual fee or whatever, and they will never actually submit a claim, but then 20% of the actual holders of the policy do submit a claim. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first. I, I will 
submit to the authority of the doctor on the question. But I would also say here that, you know, I think insurance is one of the primary reasons why our bodies break down the way that they break down. I mean, we have the last stat that I saw was 70% of chronic conditions are preventable, which means that we can be make better choices if we had a low time preference approach to our health. We can make better choices. I'm 43. At 43, if I'm the one that's going to have to at least pay a part of the consequences if I do not take care of my body, right? Like there's got to be a cause and effect here, I think, or else I can just hand my, my, my health debt, you know, the, 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 the debt that I've accumulated over 40 or 50 years to somebody else to pay for. And it, it ends up being, you know, us taxpayers, right? Through, through Medicare is where most of these chronic conditions are, are being, being, being done. So, you know, I, I think 70 to 80% of, of these chronic conditions can be, can be taken out if we had an incentive structure that was more aligned to taking care of, of your health. And unfortunately, we live in a high time preference society where, you know, eating the, the, the Twinkie now is better than, you know, having, you know, better health in 40 or 50 years. And that's just the, the society we, we live in. I've, I've talked a lot about this on recent podcasts on, on Twitter. So I think the insurance system is actually being more chronic conditions for people because there is no incentive structure to keep us healthy. Yep, exactly. The payer, the provider, the consumer of healthcare, you've got that in a triangle, you end up with moral hazard. You end up with people thinking, oh, well, I'll set my insurance card down and they'll cover it. But all of a sudden, if you merge the payer and the consumer of healthcare into one, what we're doing here, crowd health and introduce consumerism, you'll think more about the decisions you're making on a day-to-day basis because ultimately that is your risk, right? That is your responsibility. Now there's tools to help lower the cost and take care of yourself and access better care, which is really what we want. We desire as consumers is access to care when we need it, right? We don't necessarily want insurance. And insurance, you talked about other industries, your car insurance is paying for your oil change, right? So our preventative care now been conditioned to think you need insurance even to get you know, just a doctor's checkup when, no, it might be a half hour, hour of their time, they'll charge a hundred, fifty bucks or whatever it is, but you know, the insurance just it breaks down in structure. So that's where you see it gobbling up more and more parts of the industry including even the pharmacy side of things. They bought the big pharmacy benefits managers that are essentially negotiating themselves <laughs> pricing. Look at the big insurance, PBM. So there's all these areas of the industry where insurance has just sort of gobbled it up, spit it back out. And now we have four health outcomes that they need to talk to about. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will make it possible to materialize your assets in real estate. Through the collateralization of mortgages with Bitcoin and other digital assets, Moon Mortgage will be launching lending solutions to allow investors to easily leverage their assets to purchase investment in owner-occupied properties. Moon Mortgage's crypto mortgage will be launching soon for home buyers in Texas, Florida, and Colorado and will be open to investors in most states across the U.S. for investment properties. Welcome to the future of mortgages. Visit moonmortgage.io today to register your interest and learn more. 
Moon Mortgage Residential is registered with the NMLS under number 235334. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. Yeah, no, I, I think that's some really great stuff. I know I told this story to John. I believe Q's heard this story as well, but I'll say it for Andy and for everyone else that's listening. Uh, my mom, she goes to a doctor that actually does not take health care. And he kind of told her a story. This goes back years ago that he basically he only takes, I think, one insurance company out there. But long story short, one of his clients was this woman and uh, he thought that he saw like early onset stages of cancer. So he recommends doing a treatment to you know, do, do a scan or analysis in order to check that if she had cancer or not. And he applied it for her insurance and her insurance company denied and said, we don't cover this thing. He's like, okay, this is fine. I'm a doctor. I'm going to make my own decision. He said, I'm going to do this pro bono for my client. I think she has cancer. I want to get this test done. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to charge her it is what it is. So he runs the test. Sure. Lo and behold, this, his patient has cancer. He's like, this is awesome. You know, we found it early. We can beat it. It's not going to be a big deal. So then he reapplies to the insurance company to be like, hey, my client has cancer. You know, your client, my client has cancer. We, I want to start getting her on a, a treatment for cancer treatments. Ultimately, the insurance company says, how do you know she has this? You know, we didn't authorize this test. He's like, no, it was no problem. I ran the test. You know, it was in her benefit. You guys don't have to pay anything. I covered it up my own dime from my practice. And the insurance company says, well, she now has a pre-existing condition and we are not going to go forward and cover her cancer treatments going forward. He was furious, obviously, with the insurance company because they're basically telling him how to operate his practice. It's very heartbreaking stuff. Luckily, he's like, you know, I have a very good practice. I will cover my patient on this case. Obviously, he cannot do this for all of his patients. But out of this, out of anger, and this happened 10, 15, 20 years ago at this point, he was like, he slowly started diminishing his usage of insurance. So he's more of like a doctor that's, I don't want to say pay as you go, but He's like, he does, he only takes one insurance plan now. And I forget which one it was, but basically he operates as a cash only business, or you've got to pay at the time of treatment. And he tries to negotiate better deals with his clients, obviously and work out payment plans and all of that, but basically operates outside of the confines of insurance because he felt like he was limiting his care to his patients. And also it was hindering what he could do as a doctor. So I'd love to, I mean, I know that was a long anecdote, Annie and Andy and John, but I'd love to see if you like. Crowd health kind of takes that model or kind of marries it into traditional medicine with what you guys are doing. Or if you want to expand or any comments, I'm open to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that's a you know, heartbreaking story. But, you know, a couple things here. One is, you know, people assume that if you have a big health condition, that your health insurance plan is going to pay for it. And in fact, the Kaiser Family Foundation came out with a, an analysis of claims from healthcare.gov plans from, uh, la I think it was last year. And they found that 18%, so nearly one in five claims were denied by their, their health plan. So you have a one out of five chance. I mean, I told you the story about my daughter. I had a healthcare.gov plan. 
they denied the claim, even though my daughter had a hole in her eardrum. And, and so this happens often. And, and so, you know, it is not a guarantee that your health insurance plan is going to pay for something, something big. And, you know, in my case, it was eight grand, like not, not everybody has eight grand laying around that they can, they can use. So, you know, our doctors are probably the biggest fans, like just doctors generally love us. They're like, please send us more people. And, you know, they're giving us discounts of anywhere between 30 and 70% on some of these, these procedures, because for a number of reasons, one is we're paying you, we're paying at the, the, the point of care. So our members have the cash when they have these issues to pay at the point of care so that the doctors, one, they don't have to bill insurance, which is super costly. It's about 30% of their revenue, you know, all in to bill insurance. Two, they don't have an insurance plan sitting on their shoulder telling them what they can and, and can't do. And, and three, they don't have to wait, you know, 90 or 120 days to get paid. Imagine if your employer said, hey, you, you can work for me today, but I'm not going to pay you for 90 or 120 days. And so, you know, all those things are ripping out the administrative costs of these, these you know, the, the, the docs. And so they're giving us significantly better rates. Um, than than what they would give United Healthcare, and so you know ultimately what I say is we as individuals have way better negotiating power with some of these doctors and hospital systems than United Healthcare does. So I I put something up on Twitter the other day, which is a true stat: for bills greater than a thousand dollars, we're getting seventy two percent better pricing than the health plan would get in the same situation. Because we're negotiating with as individuals, which is just, you know, hu- hugely disruptive, we think, to the to the healthcare space. And so, yeah, I mean, I th- we, we, we think doctors should go cash pay. We're the one of the few in the country that's like, we, we need less people on insurance, not more people on insurance. And then the other really quick thing here is, you know, insurance, if you think about the way that they make money, is they pull in premiums, that's their revenue, their expenses are the healthcare costs of the members. And so how do they make more money? They make more money by raising your premiums and reducing the, the number of, of healthcare events, or in essence, rejecting the number of, of healthcare events. And so we have an agent that's supposed to be working on our behalf, trying to acquire healthcare services at a, a reasonable cost on our behalf, yet they are actually incentivized to do the exact opposite. And so as and as John said, oftentimes they're negotiating with themselves. So United Healthcare, the largest health plan in the country, also is the largest owner of doctors in the country. So oftentimes they are both the health insurance plan, the payer, and the doctors, which is the seller of healthcare. And so there are some massive perverse incentives within within that structure that really screws up our our health system. So, you know, all that to say is is the, the independent docs who, you know, want to work outside of big hospital systems and outside of insurance plans, they love us. Q, I wish we were on video right now just so I could see your face with that with that statement. Q, do you have anything else that you want to add? No, please keep going, guys. I'm loving this conversation. Yeah, I guess then going forth, I know we, we've talked about, you know, Bitcoin, the insurance of it all. I guess do you guys want to say what CrowdHealth is and how it integrates and how it fixes all of this? 
Yeah, sure. Happy to. You know, I, I think that one of the frustrations that people have with health insurance is they they put in their premiums every month and they never have to use it. You know, 80%, the last data I saw was 80% of, of people who use health insurance, you know, n- never actually get the insurance plan to to pay for anything during the year. And so we got a lot of people, especially folks in their, you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s who are healthy folks are paying lots of money for, you know, basically nothing. And so Crowd Health wanted to kind of turn that on its head and said, hey, you know, instead of sending money to a health insurance plan, why don't you, we'll open up an account for you. You can put money into an account every month. That money accumulates over time. The only way that Crowd Health makes money is taking a subscription fee. So it's just a monthly fee out of that account. And so when somebody else in the, the community has a health event, then Crowd Health will go to them and say, hey, we have a member that has, we have a, a member who, who's going through colon cancer right now, who has colon cancer. You know, the, the last visit was $500. Would you be willing to contribute 50? Would 10 of you be willing to contribute $50 to help this person with their colon cancer checkup? And then that those individuals can say yes, or they can say no. And if they say yes, then $50 goes from their account to the member that has colon cancer. Ultimately, that person will have enough money to pay for that. And so then you might be like, okay, so why would somebody, you know, voluntarily give money to, you know, another person they probably don't know, you know, clearly colon cancer is a big deal. And like, that's, that's hard. So there, there might be a, just a, a willingness to be gener- generous because of that. But the person who has the colon cancer, who's, who's asking for the money is a part of that request. We actually tell the, 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 the community, whether that person has been a good member of the community or a bad member of the community. So in essence, have they said yes to other people's crowdfunding events in the past or have they said no, right? So if I look at him and he says, he's been like, he's given, 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 given. I was like, oh, this guy's a good member of the community. So I'm going to give to him. If he's one that has rejected, 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 you know, the, the, the requests, then I'm like, you know, I'm probably not going to give it to this person because it's not a good member of the community. And so, you know, th- we, I kind of joke, it's kind of back to the future, you know, back in the day when somebody had a, a health event, the entire community would rally around them to help them. And so that's what we're doing here is we're giving other people in the community the opportunity to help each other. And then, you know, we have a Bitcoin version too, which I'm sure y'all are interested in, which is the part of a portion, 75% of the funds that you put into that account gets converted to Bitcoin. So you're actually holding it in Bitcoin. And then any of the appreciation of that Bitcoin is yours. So, you know, a health insurance plan, they have this big bucket of money. They go and invest it and they take that money. That's their money. That's that's the way that a part of the way that they profit off of the money that they, they got from you, the interest and the earnings that they get from that money. We're, we're turning that around and saying, no, 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 you put money into this account, you invest in Bitcoin. If that Bitcoin goes from 20,000 to 100,000, all of that is yours. So any Bitcoin, any money that you have in your account, when you leave Crowd Health minus a $250 close fee is your money. So we have members literally in our community that have $6,000 sitting in, in their account. And if they were to leave today, we would transfer $6,000, you know, $5,750 from their, their Crowd Health funding account to their personal account because they didn't use it and it's their money. And we think that's the way that it should be that it should be done. Um, 
And then if you ever get to a point where you don't have any money in your account, but you still have Bitcoin in your Bitcoin account, then you can either sell your Bitcoin or you can put more fiat into your account to help out with other people's health events, which has the, basically the, 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 you're now incentivized to really like utilize healthcare funds within the community well, because nobody wants others in the Bitcoin community to, to sell their Bitcoin. You know, we just are trying to set up an incentive system here that gets people to think about how they're utilizing, you know, the healthcare funds. And so far it's been just incredibly effective. So for every hundred dollars that people have put into their account, as of this morning, we have about 70 cents left in that account. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not asking the community to fund, you know, an inordinate amount of, of, of healthcare expenses. I know that's all awesome. kind of confusing, very different from health insurance. I'm happy to answer any clarifying questions, but that's kind of the, the, the 20,000 foot version of how this works. No, yeah, no, my, my wheels are turning. I guess my first question off the bat is, so you and John or, or crowd health in general, they would advocate for the negotiation of, you know, let's just say your significant other, you're having a baby and you go to the hospital. And I actually had friends that this occurred to last year, or a few years ago, they were like trying to call hospitals ahead of time to figure out what the cost mm -hmm. of having a baby is. I, I found that that's actually pretty difficult to find out. And hospitals are very vague about it. So I guess in that event or, you know, at a medical emergency, do you guys advocate to the hospital or the doctor to figure out negotiate the rates and figure out what that is? Yes. So if you'll reach out to us and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm having a, I want, you know, I'm, we're pregnant, you know, help us find a good hospital to go to. We will advocate on your behalf. We will negotiate the full rate beforehand. We will crowdfund that funds before you have the baby so that when you do have the baby, you can write a check right out of your, your, your account because you've crowd pre-crowdfunded these, these funds. So we, we take care of all that stuff on the back end. If you were to go to an emergency room, we had a woman who had a, a brain hemorrhage and was in the emergency room for, I think, two weeks in the NICU or in the, uh, the, was it neuro ICU for like two weeks? We, she got those bills in the mail. She went to our app, uploaded all the bills. We negotiated those bills down a lot. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you how much it is, but it's a lot. And, and we did all of that stuff for her. So, you know, we're, we're really trying to be a, you know, consumer oriented company where we're taking a lot of the, the heavy lifting off of, of our members so they can just, you know, go to whatever, you know, doctor they want to go to without networks and make it as easy as possible. That's awesome. I, I guess this leads right into my next question then. How do you guys, and, and I know John did a really good job of this at Halloween, but asking for the audience abroad, how do you guys prevent bad actors? So, you know, let's just say I just want to dump, you know, I know that you say, oh, this person's um, hasn't been helping with contributions, but how do you prevent someone from just jumping into crowd health and dumping all their health issues there? Yeah, maybe they're a good member for the three or four months they're there, but hey, thanks for taking care of all my health issues and now I'm going to dip out. So I guess, how do you guys prevent bad actors from coming in and just kind of offloading their health care sure. to you guys? or the Yeah. So we have a provision where for the first two years, you, we won't crowdfund any of your pre-existing conditions. So if you have pre-existing conditions, they're yours for the first two years. And I say it's actually two years starting. It's, it, that's a, a, a new thing for us starting January 1st. It used to be a year. But what we found was people have 
knee replacements and hip replacements and all these kinds of things, this, this medical debt that they are, they were laying on the community and we're like, Hey man, that's just not right. Like, you know, if something happens while you're a crowd health member, like we think that's legitimate to go in and get the community to pay for. But if you have a, a bad knee that costs $25,000 to, to replace, and you're trying to, to give it to the community, that's not right. We're making people wait two years before we do any kind of pre-existing conditions. And for the vast majority of conditions, that's long enough for people to be like, you know what, I can't wait two years to, you know, have my, my bad knee or whatever it be, be replaced. So that's that, that we, we found with just a couple couple exceptions to be pretty effective in keeping people from trying to dump their, their medical debt on, on other people. John, you did a good job That's at awesome. Halloween. So I, I don't know if I missed anything there. <laughs> Thanks. No, yeah, I think that that covers it. And, but also you can't be over 300 pounds and you can't be a smoker. So, you know, with insurance, they're not allowed to do those things. We're very clearly not insurance. This is our community that, you know, sharing each other's healthcare bills and feel like those are a couple of things from you know, personal responsibility perspective. Um, so just from, from those, uh, and then the preexisting that Andy chatted about, you know, that's uh, what we need to join crowd health. And we're looking for people that yeah really want to utilize all the tools to not only improve their health, but really optimize, right? So getting access to care, like 24 seven telemedicine. So primary care, urgent care, talk therapy, that's all included in subscription as well. We're looking at in, mm -hmm. including specialty visits as well, starting early next year. Your care advocate to help support you. Yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry. One, one just, and, and along those lines, the BMI of our, our members, the last I checked was about five points lower than the national average. The average age is 35 or 36, somewhere in there. So, you know, it's about 60% male, 40% female. And so we're, we're getting younger, healthier folks to opt into this. And we, we think part partially because of some of the rules that we've set up to ensure that the community, there's no moral hazard or limited moral hazard within the community. But second, it's just, you know, look, this is different. And if you're 55 and may, may be approaching some, some health issues, you're, you know, less likely to do something like this. That's kind of new. If you're in your mid thirties, the probability of something big happening is, you know, 0.5% or lower. And so, you know, the pro so you're willing to do something like this and, and give it a shot because it is so, so much less expensive and so much more efficient than, than the alternative. So, you know, all that to say is we just have a super healthy population of, of folks. We've got a lot of active injuries and not a lot of illnesses. So we got torn ACLs and broken bones and, and things like that. But in the grand scheme of things, those are pretty inexpensive to some of the major illnesses. That's awesome. Q, you have any questions? I guess before Q goes, if anyone is interested in coming up and asking Andy and John a question, we'll just screen your account and that make sure that you're not a bot or anything like that. I know Elon Musk is trying to do a good job to clean that up on Twitter, but I'll kick it over to Q first and then we'll let any anyone else come up and ask questions. Curious, like just how does, for in, within crowd health system, like how would something like physical therapy or more consistent type of doctor checkups sure worked out yeah so on the, the the doctor checkups you have one or one of two options one is you get virtual direct primary care um 
as a part of your membership so that there's there's nothing in there just as a part of your your monthly membership you have access to a, a primary care doc you can access that primary care doc virtually as many times as you want throughout the year all a part of your your subscription if you don't want to do virtual and you have a local primary care doc or OBGYN or pediatrician or any of the wellness visits then we'll crowdfund up to one wellness visit for you every year so it's basically your annual checkup that we we will uh, we'll crowdfund for you. And then physical therapy is typically associated with a, a health event. So you, you know, ACL tear or whatever, right? You're going to have 20 or 25 physical therapy events as a, as a part of that. And so we include that in the crowdfunding for your, your ACL. And just to clarify one thing real quick. So, you know, a health event, we ask our members to pay the first $500 of any health event. So if you tear your ACL, you go to the ER, then you go to the orthopedic surgeon who does an MRI, then does surgery, and you have PT and you know some some prescription drugs p- potentially as a part of that. All of those those series of bills is one health event, so you would just pay the first five hundred of that, and then we would crowdfund the rest for you. So just to kind of clarify how that works, but yeah, for 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 PT as a part of the health event, that's included, and then. Primary care is included in the subscription. And as John mentioned, we're, we're, we're doing specialty care, virtual specialty care also. So, and that's as many times as you want. So if you feel like you need to talk to a cardiologist, you can jump on our app, you can press, talk to a cardiologist and within 48 hours, you'll be talking to a cardiologist and that's a part of your subscription. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, no, man, I had I had a question. I was wondering about it. Yeah, I'm not seeing anyone else come up. Give me a minute to think about it. Oh, oh, right. So I guess Crowd Health started traditionally as I don't want to say a fiat business, but basically <laughs> healthcare using the old model. What has been? I guess do you, it sounds like you have two plans: one that's on a fiat basis, and then one that kind of goes into you know 75 percent of the money that's on the premiums goes into a Bitcoin savings plan. How has it been? Correct me if I'm wrong there. And then I guess if that's right, cr- tell me how it's been orange pilling people that are like, hey, I really came here for a, for a healthcare plan or <laughs> a crowdfunding plan, but this Bitcoin thing's new to me. How has it been onboarding orange pilling people, you know, integrating healthcare and Bitcoin into it? I, I guess maybe less education for us Bitcoiners, but maybe more education for people that are um, new to the space, I guess. Yeah. So you do have that right. So we have two versions. One is a fiat version and everybody in the fiat version is helping each other with expenses. And then everybody in the Bitcoin version is is funding each other's. And so if you join and you're a member of the Bitcoin group, then you will actually be funding other Bitcoiners, you know, health expenses, which we think is is pretty cool. Yeah. In terms of, of orange filling others, I mean, we've had a bunch of people from our, our fiat version jumping over into the Bitcoin version because, you know, they're, they're super interested in, in this. And then, you know, the other thing that's been really interesting is, is orange pilling, uh, doctors who are like, what are you guys doing? Like, I I don't understand this whole Bitcoin thing. You explain it to them and explain to them, you know, especially if we can start using, you know, lightning to, to do some of our transactions and, you know, they're used to paying eight or 10% transaction fees. You can, you know, take that down to pennies using lightning. You know, all these doctors are curious about this stuff. And so it's kind of been fun to, to do that and, and, you know, 
John is our internal Bitcoin, you know, expert. I think he's read more Bitcoin related books than than anybody. And so, you know, he's he's done an awesome job of doing presentations to, to, to doctors and even some of our employees who didn't know what Bitcoin was before we started our Bitcoin group. So it's been it's been fun. I mean, I think, you know, our our kind of heart behind this is if if we want to increase Bitcoin adoption, then what better way than in the biggest industry on the planet, which is the United States healthcare system, right? If we can figure out a way to incorporate Bitcoin in some of those payment structures and some of the incentive structures, we think that that could go a long way and in, in increasing the adoption of Bitcoin. And so that's the, the heart behind it. Yeah, to, to echo that, providing individuals with another way to stack sats. You know, everyone's looking for, for other ways to continue adding to your Bitcoin stack and saving money for future needs, whatever those needs are. And now we have a community of people stacking sats for future healthcare needs, where if in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you do have a serious health event. Now here's a community of Bitcoiners who have been saving for that purpose so that you can have the value exchange with the doctor, with the hospital and get the surgery you know, that you need. So to be able to stack sats instead of paying health insurance premiums that you're never going to get back, I think really resonates with Bitcoiners. And then likewise, when we're talking to others, whether they're trainers or realtors or other gig economy workers that may or may not be familiar with Bitcoin, it's awesome to be able to you know, educate and as, you know, as much as they're willing to learn and ask the questions in Orange Pill and say, here's what Bitcoin is. You know, we've got a fixed supply, 21 million. And the demand is growing and the price has gone up, you know, 200% year over year for the last decade. Of course, that's not a guarantee moving forward, but you know, you look at the inflation in the dollar system and even Medicare itself is slated to run out of money in six years, right? <laughs> so how is even our whole system above 65, you know, that's, you know, really tenuous situation. So for now, you know, with Proud Health, we're only accepting members up to 65 since once you're over 65, you know, you're on Medicare and. But we'll see how that changes as, you know, what the government plan, since the government's paying for a third, you know, of all the covering a third of individuals in this country. So, you know, I think Bitcoin adoption, but from a health perspective, there's also so many overlaps with amazing projects and initiatives going on, like the beef initiative with Slim, like the guys at Meat Mafia, others in the space that we're partnering with and talking so much about food and knowing that what you put in your body that down the road is going to determine your healthcare needs mm -hmm. in terms of services. So, you know, getting more, going more upstream, having those conversations to help people with, whether it's eating beef or moving your body or meditating, you know, finding what works for you and being another you know, asset or advocate for yourself to kind of take that, at your health into your own hands. That's awesome. I guess I have one last question and then we can kind of begin wrap up unless people from the audience have questions. I guess what from how do you guys do the the, the I know you said 75 percent of the premium goes towards Bitcoin if you're in the Bitcoin plan. I'm, I'm assuming I think you're partnered with Swan. And my my next question, if with regardless of who you partner for how you stack, what is technically the plan classified as? Is it technically like a health savings plan? Or is it just an individual, like, I don't want to say investment account, but I guess I wonder for, for tax reasons, what, what is that considered? Is it just a personal stack? Or if you guys can clarify that, that'd be great. Yep. It's a, it's a personal stack right now. I and mean, you're correct through, through Swan. So it's a Swan account. It has your name on it. We have no access. It is, it is yours. And, you know, we, 
we, we had to do a custodial for a number of different reasons. We, we we'd love to get people to or get, allow people to 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 kind of take it off of of you know custodians and and but we're we're working on on how to do that. So, but Swan's been an awesome partner with us, and and so it's it's been it's been a great partnership so far. Awesome. I think we have one question. I'll pull them up and then we'll probably wrap up from here. Andy and John, thanks so much for your time. So I'll pull up this one speaker real quick. I don't, I think he's loading in. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Q, do you have anything else to add or any final questions before we wrap up? Oh, he even sent a sad face. I don't have any more questions. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like he's having problems connecting. So if he comes up here, we'll let it we'll let him ask his question. But if not, Andy and John, I guess any closing remarks that you guys want to talk about? Yeah, you know, we we're, we're about to hit November. Open enrollment starts in November. So if you do not get health insurance through your employer, we would love for you to consider us. Use Bitcoin as your promo code. It's $99 a month for six months. So it's, you know, a, a, a great deal because our folks are are so healthy. If you do have an employer, you know, we're saying opt out of health insurance, opt out of a system that is totally busted and go to your HR people and be like, hey, if I opt out of health insurance, would you, you know, pay me that in, in cash instead? And we've actually had, you know, a number of people where the HR group's like, yeah, for sure we'll do that. And then come over to, to us at Join Crowd Health and, 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 and join us, join us as a part of our, our Bitcoin community. So, you know, we, we're all staying away from the, the state marketplaces, the healthcare.gov uh, healthcare marketplace. Um, and we just think that, you know, Crowd Health is, is so, is, much more reasonable and efficient. And we think it's going to be the future of healthcare. So come and join us. Join crowdhealth.com. Use promo code Bitcoin. Yeah, we'd love to have you join the Bitcoin crowd. And if you have other questions or other thoughts, you know, as you're thinking this over with yourself, your family, your employer, thinking about your own situation moving forward, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and Andy, but we'd love to have more of these conversations. We're talking healthcare and Bitcoin all day. So decentralize your health. We'd love to have you in the Bitcoin crowd. And thanks, Chris and, and Q and Bitcoin Magazine for having us. This was a blast. Thanks so much, John and Andy. Really appreciate having you guys come up. For final closing remarks, as you guys know, Bitcoin 2023 is coming up May 18th through the 20th. Tickets are only going to get more expensive. So make sure you use the code BMLive to get 10% off your tickets. We also have the Orange Party issue coming out very soon. So you can get a copy of that by just going to BitcoinMagazine.com using the code BMLive there as well to get 10% off that subscription. So thanks so much, Andy and John. This is a great conversation. I hope people got a lot out of it and I hope they DM you and, you know, join the plan. I'm definitely some, something that I want to consider myself getting off of a traditional fiat plan or a fiat insurance plan and looking into what you guys have to offer. So thanks so much for your time and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Everyone else, thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you later. Have a good Thank one. Thank y'all. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. 
Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. The censorship-resistant issue of the Bitcoin Magazine print edition is available now. Grab your copy at your local Barnes & Noble store or head on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your order today.